Welcome back to another edition of the Wits Up podcast. It is fantastic to see all of your friendly faces. Today, we are chatting with 100% the most patient triathlete on the planet. Um, Probably more to the point, she's the most patient triathlete when it comes to catching up with me. Uh, As you'll hear throughout the episode, we talk about how many times it took us to actually record our chat, get it down on the computer, uh, because technology was kicking my ass in the last few weeks. And Kelsey, unfortunately, copped it the worst. Uh, So let's just give Kelsey a shout out and a big thank you from me uh, for being extremely patient and understanding and also um, cooling my jets as well because I was getting really frustrated. So I guess we can have a laugh about it now. Um, If anything, the last 12 months has taught us about uh, tenacity, determination and all of the other buzzwords that you can come up with. Uh, But 100%. 100%. We we were going to get this down. We were going to record this episode. Um, so I can't thank Kelsey enough. And I think the good news out of all of this is that uh, the final recording was probably our best recording anyway. So it was worth it. Uh, and to be honest, uh, this conversation, it feels like I... I mean, maybe it's just me overthinking things, but it feels like we dive into some heavy stuff quite early on in our chat, but it's because we had chatted about this five, six, seven times before. Um, Kelsey's had a really interesting career um, and unfortunately with a lot of lows and some very unfortunate things that have uh, happened to Kelsey throughout her career. But the good news is um, it sounds like she is improving on herself in terms of working on herself um, and recognizing, I guess, some triggers uh, from her past that can come up now. Uh, And I guess that's one of the steps that you can take. If you can recognize those triggers, then you can make changes before, you know, you fall down into some pretty dark uh, spirals. So, Uh, Thank you, Kelsey, for not only your patience, but also your honesty um, and openness with this chat. All right, you ready for this intro? Yes, one second. I'm using a beer mug to prop up my phone. I could not rate you higher. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) All right. For the first time ever... (laughs) I've never <laughs> spoken to this woman before, ever. <laughs> never. <laughs> never, ever have we had any kind of communicado together. Um, folks, the reason you can hear giggles and a slight tone of sarcasm in my voice is because this is the, I think we're going on possibly the seventh time we've attempted to do this podcast. Am I right? Yep. <laughs> My gosh. Did you ever watch the movie? Oh, everyone, this is Kelsey Withrow. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Did you ever watch the movie Something About Mary? Oh, my gosh, yes. So, do you know you know the bit where the hitchhiker's in the car and he's talking about seven-minute abs? Oh, my gosh. I, so, it's been a while since I've seen it. I just remember one scene from that, but I won't talk about that on here. (laughs) (laughs) 
you can actually talk about anything on here. <laughs> but the reason I was going down that tangent is because seven seems to be always my go-to number when I'm exaggerating things or, you know. Um, and it stems from that movie where the hitchhiker gets in the in the car and says, seven minute abs, seven's the magic number, seven. And then, yeah, Ben Stiller's like, what, what happens if someone comes out with six minute abs and he starts losing it and like this tick and goes, seven's the magic number. Anyway. Well, that's how many times it's going to take to do this podcast. Correct. Correct. Kelsey. You win the award for the most patient uh, guest we've ever had. So congratulations. Thank you. I won something. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Despite spending so much time with me trying to figure out technical issues, how are you doing? How's life in the world of Kelsey Withrow? Well, it's great now. If we can get through this episode without any more um, technical problems, it will be a great day. (laughs) <laughs> do you think we need to speak really fast in case it uh, stuffs up again? Well, I feel like every time I move quickly, my phone freezes. So <laughs> I'm just going to tread lightly here. <laughs> uh, we do joke, but um, Kelsey has been extremely patient and I guess has been calming me and just for saying it's funny that this is happening. Um, it, it, it'll be okay. So thank you. I appreciate You're that. You're welcome. Um, but let's make it a lot more about you from here on in oh, uh, and not technology. <laughs> you are back in California, but you have just spent about a month in St. George with your training team, triathlon training team. Yes, my new team called the Real Triathlon Squad. All right, let's let's kick it off with that. Explain okay. to me what that exactly is and, and why you guys launched it. All right. So we, like seven of us, have started a pro triathlon team. Um, And the cool thing about this team is it's run by the athletes. So it's run by all of us. Um, And we don't have any management. And it's just each one of us contributing a little bit to the team, whether that's getting sponsors or support. Um, we each have contributed a little bit and it's great to be able to race and train with your, your friends. And from what I understand, that's, that's super important to you. You need to be surrounded by, by people as best you can. Yeah. I mean, triathlon can be, um, a lonely sport, um, but it can also be really, really fulfilling with, I mean, I've had a lot of friends or I've, I've gotten a lot of friends through this sport and met a lot of cool people. And, um, before this team even happened, I was really good friends with a lot of the people on the team. So it's really like six of my best friends all, you know, we, we got to hang out for a month together. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. In the stunning location of St. George. Yeah. St. George is amazing, but freaking cold. (laughs) <laughs> oh really uh yeah it was freezing oh, yeah, of course it was freezing it had, they have winter there yeah <laughs> i guess i just always see it you know as those stunningly beautiful red rocks and i just think summer and there. then covered in snow think... yeah. yeah actually it doesn't really <laughs> snow like in the town of saint george but like it's surrounded by all the mountains and that gets that gets snow and it, it i mean Every morning, you know, at swim practice at like seven in the morning, it was like negative two degrees. Wait, what is negative two degrees Celsius? 
in Fahrenheit? I have no idea. Uh, well, it's freaking cold. It's, it's cold. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> stuff. Your hair freezes. Right. Yeah, okay. That kind of cold. Gotcha. But it is as beautiful as the the photos suggest. Yes. Yes. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. One day, one day I'll get there. You, you got to go to the Iron Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you, well, yeah. Maybe not if you want to come back to Australia after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to set up shop there. Yeah, for the rest of our lives. <laughs> uh, but so you're back in in California now. Yep, um, and now California feels warm compared to Utah. So I'm I'm yep. loving it. It's good to be back, but I also do miss you know training out there. Yeah, I bet. Do you? Do you think you've always been a person that needs to be surrounded by others? Um, I guess more of that extrovert kind of person? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily like being alone. I like to be around people. I get a lot of, you know, my energy from other people. um, And it just makes me happy. Um, I can be by myself, um, but it's way more fun when you're around other people. Yeah, for sure. I've got, I get a sense, um, and it may be because we've spoken six other times prior to this. Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to, to talk about things. I'm like, I know this stuff, but I need to. You just got to pretend like you don't know it. Yeah. And just ask. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> no one else knows. So. We'll just yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you keep, you keep using the word happy. Um, and it seems like you are happy these days and that's obviously an important thing for you. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, I, I'm by nature a pretty happy person. Um, I like to just be in a good mood. It feels good. Um, <laughs> had some life challenges over the last couple months. Um, but I'm starting to come out of that and I feel like myself again. Yeah. Life challenges. Are yeah. you okay? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was in a six-year relationship and he, uh, my ex-boyfriend was my coach as well. And um, yeah, that ended um, two months ago. And so I've kind of been just trying to figure out my life. Um, I know you had to get a new coach, all that, all that stuff. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm on the other side of it now. Still, though, two months is still pretty fresh. Yeah, well, I'm just realizing that that wasn't, you know, where I was supposed to be. Um, maybe yeah. he was he was put in my life for a reason at that particular time, but, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm realizing that, yeah, I'm in a better place now. <laughs> yeah, and a, co- uh, a coach of six years. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of were, we became like, he was my boyfriend and my coach at the same time. I mean, he did a lot for me. Don't get me wrong. Like he, he helped me be where, you know, to where I am today. So I am very grateful for that. Yeah. And from what I understand, he was one of the ones that helped you sort of move away from some of the struggles that you, you did have earlier in your career, which, um, I know you're, you're happy Happy's not the right word, but you you're okay with discussing. Yes. Um, can can we go back to that time? Yeah. Well, I guess the start of your career. Um, and again, we've we've discussed this before, and it's um, it plays a big role in 
I assume not just your career, but who you are today, mm-hmm. um, some of the issues that you faced in the world of triathlon. Can, can you talk us through, uh, well, those three big factors, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, in triathlon for you? Yeah, I mean, so I grew up swimming and then I started triathlon in 2001 and I was 18 years old and I ended up being pretty good pretty soon. And I think that's, I mean, it was unusual for someone my age to be doing that sport at such a high level. And so I got moved out to Colorado Springs in 2002 um, to live and train at the Olympic Training Center with the national team. And for me, that was like the biggest goal and dream of mine ever, but it was for swimming, but found, found it in triathlon. And so everything was great. You know, they were going to try and get me to make a few Olympic teams. That was the goal for me and for the coaches there. On the first day I was there, I was on a training ride and I crashed my bike and broke my hip. And that kind of set up like the next, gosh, like eight, seven years there. Um, so Mike, I mean, I just spent a lot of time being injured Um, and I was young and really motivated, so I didn't really address my injury issues and just trained through everything. And, you know, living there, it's a lot of it is about performance and so, and results. And I just kept my mouth shut and dealt and dealt with a lot of the injuries. Um, and then, so I was, um... They brought a coach. Is it is it freezing again? No, no. Oh, it's not. Okay, it's, it looked like it's no, freezing no. my end. Okay. Um, I was just sitting very still. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, here we go again. No. Um, <laughs> so the way they bring in coaches there is like they kind of filter through coaches each each year, and they brought in an intern um, to work with me. Um, and only me for a little bit. He eventually took on more like younger athletes, U23 athletes. Um, and he was great. He like, you know, I felt like he was almost like a father figure, um, totally groomed me into trusting him. You know, my parents trusted him, the other coaches trusted him and then everything. And I was all still, you know, very injured throughout this time. Um, still dealing with that, but he made everything, you know, seem okay. And then um, things changed when I ended up getting a boyfriend there. I mean, I was like maybe 20 or 21. Mm -hmm. And then things started to take a turn for the worse. He he had other athletes as well. And then he started picking on me. And, you know, that's when the real trouble that I went through started. Um, There was a lot of sexual harassment involved. um, And a lot of bullying and just being really, really mean to me. Um, I should say like, Oh, I, I would go through training sessions and he would call me dumb, um, and tell me that I didn't deserve to be there. Um, there were times when he told me that USA triathlon was wasting all this money on me, um, because I'm injured and I shouldn't, I didn't deserve to be there. But yet there were other times when he'd be like, you're the best, you're the greatest. You're like, it played with my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, 
not being in control of that, it also developed, I somehow developed an eating disorder there as well. <laughs> so kind of, and, and do you think is it as a result of being told you're useless and it was something and, I could being, control? Yeah. 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 It became something, I mean, it's pretty common where, you know, all these things are out of our, our control and that was something I could. Mm. So how, how old was he? He probably was in his forties. I think maybe, maybe, maybe thirties. I don't, I don't even remember. I mean, he was quite a bit older than me. Um, but he did not like that. I had a boyfriend and I mean, he would, he would make me do trainer workouts in his office and he would say inappropriate things to me while I'm writing. He would grab me where he shouldn't be. And I mean, I was just like frozen and, you know, I thank God I saved like all the conversations from him, but you know, and then also it's like, he would give me workouts that would hurt me even more like run workouts where I hadn't been doing much running. And I mean, it would be sabotage and, you know, we would be at races and I I was on the U23 team and he would have my teammates who were also my really good friends. He would try and put them against me during races. And so I developed this, everyone's out to get me kind of mentality that kind of still you know, has stayed with me a little bit. Um, but eventually, um, and so you're probably wondering why didn't I tell anyone? Well, I did, I ended up telling, you know, some of the staff and they're like, Oh man. Um, well let's, let's give a meeting. Let's get a meeting with him and you and we'll get to the bottom of this. And so I went into the meeting and told them everything and he just denied it like complete lie and made it sound Cause I'm not, sometimes I'm not very good with words and I'm young and I was just so like caught off guard that he was like basically denying everything. And then I left the meeting just like, are you kidding me right now? And like, eventually I just moved away, but he was an asshole. (laughs) A little bit. So, I mean, I've got lots of questions if you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's probably the best option. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I should have been writing them down because each time I, I wanted to jump in and ask more questions. But but straight up, when when someone and I don't know the policies and the ins and outs of how you're supposed supposed to um, uh, a, a, approach the this situation, but if if a young or an athlete, male or female goes to the governing body or whoever's in charge and says these are you know these are some pretty serious allegations rule number one (laughs) from you don't put that person back in the same room to have a discussion together that's like yeah but that is insane but I wonder if it's like because I don't ever really remember I mean I mean that was I don't even know how many years ago like I don't yeah. know if I ever really knew about other abuse going on back then. Now I feel like, you know, with USA Gymnastics and people coming out, talking mm. about their stories, that it's more, you know, widespread and talked about. I don't know if people really knew what to do in that situation. Or maybe it's always been mm. going on and we just, I just didn't know about it. But it was yeah. kind of, I mean, this guy was such a good liar, though, that yeah. like, it even made me kind of question. I'm like, well... Maybe it is me, you know? Yeah. 
until that's he gets gaslighting fired. Attitude. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's definitely some solid gaslighting right yeah. there, uh, making you feel crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to know, obviously for a while, there had to be a certain period of time where you thought that this was normal, this kind of um, interaction Oh, no, so f- from day one you, you knew this wasn't right? I I knew when he started raising his voice and yelling at me and telling me that I was basically worthless was not right because right. he wasn't doing it to anyone else but me. Okay. Yeah. Well, that in itself, I guess, is is a good thing because I imagine there'd be a lot of people stuck in systems thinking that that's the way... That's just the way things well, are. When you and have, that's why they have to be. When you have a dream, and my dream, you know, is to go to the Olympics. And and mm-hmm. I was living my dream by being there and being at the training center and being surrounded by Olympians. I didn't want to risk, like, saying something, you know, mm-hmm. and having my chances go, like, having them kick me out or go. I thought that was the only way I could get to the Olympics. So mm. I just kind of dealt with it for a while before I said anything. Yeah. But I think that's, it, yeah. I think that's the same thing with gymnastics. Like these girls, like this was their dream. Well, people always ask, well, why didn't they say anything when it was happening? Well, yeah, they're young and they have a dream. Like they don't want to, Oh, it just drives me crazy. Mm. <laughs> mm. And uh, it's it, it's obviously very easy for people on the outside to ask that question, yeah. and and I I think it's um I don't think it's a fair question in that it's not there's no it, it's just it's the wrong question. Yeah. But I understand the thought processes behind that. Yeah. Um, but if you look at this in and in any kind of abusive relationship, whether it be sport in, involved in sport or domestic. Uh, there are just so many other factors and levels and mind games and psychology um, behind it, which is why it is so hard to break that circuit and to get to get out of it. Um, yeah. Which is the the steps that you took in terms of um, saving those conversations are some real pivotal steps in helping you navigate your way out of that even though when you make the decision to obviously make a complaint an official complaint it still just isn't as simple as you know the next day out you go the next day you're sitting down having a fucking cup of coffee with him in the same room as the people who should be protecting you it's like it's it is crazy um and and like you say hopefully things have changed or are still changing a lot in sport uh, to an extent, I would say they have, they have, but not anywhere near as much no. as it needs to. Because I still hear about these things within our own. Sport. And I just, I just literally just heard about it today. Um, oh shit! With someone I know, and I mean, I'm not going to talk about that because I don't know the details. Sure. But I'm just like, how is this people? This is happening with someone I know. Like, mm. and mm. you just would never think that 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 would be that person. I mean, I, I don't know how to make this all better. Like, is it by Mm. everyone talking about it more and people are more aware of it to help make it stop? Like what is going to make this stop for people? Because it sucks. (laughs) 
It's you're so right, and I often think about this uh, with stories that I've heard as well, which are, are also off the record. Uh, so I can't even speak about them. Yeah. Um, but, and when I say off the record, that's off the record from people. Well, let's say the victims. So. Yeah. If they don't want to talk about it, then that is completely up to them. Um, But I do, I can't help but feel that someone like yourself who is comfortable speaking about it can make a difference because someone out there could be listening to this and realize that what is happening to them is not right and there are ways out of it and there's hope and light at the end of a tunnel. Yes, and... Those were some of the darkest times of my life and it it mm. really, really messed me up for a while and I still have a little P- PTSD from it, but I'm in a way better place now than I, I mean, you can definitely heal from it and, yep. you know, my recommendation is, you know, talk to somebody, talk to, I wish I would have talked to a psychologist at that time. I mean, I think I was still pretty young and I think that I was a little immature still. So I didn't think that would do anything for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But now looking back at it, I kind of wish I did um, because it's just a lot that goes on through your, your brain. Like you end up blaming a lot of it on yourself and Mm. that's just no way to live when it's not your fault. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. How did your parents react? Oh, they were, they knew like they saw me upset and I would tell them, you know, and they're like, you got to tell somebody. And they, I mean, I didn't tell them everything. Um, that came out a little bit later when um, he got fired. Um, but yeah, they knew I wasn't happy in it. I mean, I basically, I ended up getting married. And so we moved away to Utah. Um, and so I'm like, this guy can never bother me again. And then literally right after I moved to Utah, I got a call from the president of USA Triathlon. And he's like, I need you to send me all the conversations you have and tell me what happened. And because he ended up doing the same thing that he did to me to one of my teammates. Wow. So, and another coach saw it. And so he got fired. Then he moved out of country. Far out. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, all I can say is thank fuck he's out of the system. Um, I oh, but check this out. I just got oh, a request from him on LinkedIn. Stop like, it. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're allowed to swear on here. Okay. I've already dropped the well, F-bomb yeah. four times, yeah. I think. Seven times. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So oh, de- my de- God. I know. Yeah. Does a part of you want to check up, though, and see what he's doing? Um, Not really. he sucks (laughs) yeah yeah Um, no I I mean he moved he moved out of country he was involved with like military stuff so he's probably doing that or maybe being a teacher or something which scares me for all the kids but oh wow yeah yeah crazy times (laughs) can can we go back there's a word that you used um and I can't remember if it was in this recording <laughs> it could or have been in one of one. our previous ones. <laughs> but I've written it down and I circled it. Um, it was the term groomed or grooming. Yeah. Um, I learned what that was we, later in life. 
Mm, t- t- okay, t- t- tell us what it is. I mean, I think I've got a pretty good idea of what it is, um, but if, if you could explain what you've learned, that'd be great. Yeah, so I learned what this was maybe a couple years ago watching, um, actually, like, I was getting my USAT uh, license for coaching, and we had to take, like, a safe sport um, class or course, and it's basically grooming is the coach, um, the coach or, um, trying to gain the trust of the individual that they're probably going to harass. Like, so getting the trust of me, my parents, you know, I Mm. fully believed in this person. Like they did everything right. And then they wait till you're comfortable and you have full trust in this person. And that's when they go in and the harassment starts. I've also heard that they, uh, and this is no disrespect to you, but they managed to try and find the weakest in the herd at oh, that time. Oh, yeah, I could, totally, I could totally see that. I mean, for me, I was 19 years old and, mm. you know, very, I mean, I just had no idea. I, I would do what I, anyone told me to do if that mm. was my, you know, that I, I had a one-track mind and that was Olympics, Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. so I was prepared to do anything. Yeah. And I was most oh, likely God. the weakest link. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. When but I was young. Weakest, I mean, I was like, but, everyone else was like mid upper twenties, even thirties. And here yeah. I am 19 years old, fresh out of high school, you know? But that's what makes you the weakest yeah. in terms of, yeah, the, the immaturity, uh, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Um, yep. uh, ex- world experience, uh, and all of that. And what you were injured. Yeah. You were injured very early on as well. Weren't you? Mm-hmm. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. from, from the first day I was in Colorado mm-hmm. and I never had a pain-free day from May of 2002 till about 2012. A decade of pain. Yeah. And I'm like, when I say pain, I mean, I has I have had every injury in the books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, oh, most yeah. of that is my own fault. So What do you mean? Well, for me, I just and when I say my fault, I just mean I was so motivated and I just loved the sport so much and I just I just knew that if I could just train and, you know, I could be what I wanted to be in the sport. And so my ability to block out pain during exercise was crazy. Like my pain Mm -hmm. tolerance was absolutely insane. And what would hurt would be every night before bed, I would probably most nights I, I cried a lot because I would just have like an aching hip or, you know, my shins would be broken and, I didn't say a lot when I was at the training center just because, I mean, I was in, I was at the training center from 2002 to 2007. Um, Mm. So five years is a long time to be in that environment. Um, And I didn't want to get sent home. I I wanted to act like I belong there, you know, and who wants to hear, you know, this little person just cry about our injuries. Like no one else Mm. was getting injured as much as me. So yeah, I mean, I just pushed it too much. Yeah. 
I understand what you mean that you push too much and you hid things, but there's also a sense of duty uh, from coaching staff to pick up on that. It's not just about flogging you at training and then, you know, so uh, you need to give yourself a yeah. bit of a break about that, I think. In my humble I think opinion. I do now. Yeah, yeah I do now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but, you know, I feel like I've always felt like it's, I'm just learning more about myself. I'm learning yeah. just so much. I'm learning. I can tell you what almost any injury is now. I have yeah. a lot of knowledge with the human body. <laughs> <laughs> Real life experiences. Yeah. I mean, shit. <laughs> hey team, I know that ads during your favorite podcast, and I'm assuming this is your favorite podcast. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, I know. I know ads are annoying. I hate doing them. I hate saying if you want to support WitsUp, please consider becoming a WitsUp Patreon member. I hate saying it. I don't. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Uh, not because there's a whole bunch of words that don't fit well together. I just, I'm not a fan of putting it out there um, and uh, hustling for money. The thing is, though, with WitsUp, it's a team who works extremely hard to give voices and a platform to professional uh, triathletes out there, but also to try and encourage more women to get into the sport that we all know and love, uh, a sport that I guess has changed many lives. And if I don't, then we can't support uh, some of your favorite triathletes by offering that platform or helping to see the sport grow. So that's why I have to do it. I have to get better at it. Uh, but this is where I say to you, please consider, <laughs> but please do uh, consider becoming a WhatsApp Patreon member. It's super easy to do. You just click on the uh, link in the description of this episode. Uh, and Or if you forget to do that, just jump on Patreon uh, and search for WitsUp and you can sign up there. Uh, the most basic level is $5 a month. Uh, and the more people we get to sign up, the easier it is for us to not only continue to bring you some great stories and narratives of powerful women in the sport, uh, but that we can improve doing that. So there you go. There's my spill. Don't think I've ever been quite as honest as that before though. So anyway, appreciate you. Uh, let's get back to my chat with our special guest. The coaching abuse, the injury, uh, it feels like it was all a, a kind of a cyclical thing. It all just kept... Um, going around in circles you don't know the chicken and the egg because it all just kept affecting yep. yeah you don't it, they were all cause and effect of each other yep. um and and the, the third thing that really was a big part of your life was a, an eating disorder mm-hmm. yeah i i dealt with that um early 2000s it was it was something I was think I was lashing out because I didn't have a lot of control over like my training and this coach and, you know, controlling my food, um, was something that I could control. And I thought that, you know, being, and I have, I, I was told by, you know, some coaches that being small and lean and thin is the way to go um, with racing. And maybe that's why I was getting injured running. Um, and so I lost, I, 
I just did like a vegetable diet and lost probably 20, 25 pounds. So I was like 100, 105 pounds, um, got down and, you know, when that happened, the coaches were like, Oh, you look great. You know? Oh and then, gosh. and then my friends, some of them didn't even recognize me that hadn't seen me a while. And wow. like, you could see bone. I mean, and you know, when I lost that weight, I had like two of my best performances, you know, early on, but then I broke down so bad after that. I mean, mm. to the point where you can't even walk, like Shit. it's just not worth it. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of textbook. You hear that every time yeah, as you drop the weight, the performance comes and it's, it's, it's short for you. Yep. And it's short then... every time. And I, I've talked to a lot of people with, there's, there's a lot of people that have this issue. And once you have mm. an eating problem, I think you always have it, but you can maintain or you can handle it. Like I mm. don't have a problem, but it's always in the back of my head. Um, mm. and I know after talking with lots of other athletes, I mean, we all kind of seem like we're in similar situations when you think that body composition is the end all, you know? Mm. Um, but through, you know, trial and error, I know that my body does better when I'm a little bigger and that's fine. Right. I just have to ask myself, is it about looks, Kelsey, or is it about your performance? And performance definitely wins, but it's still a fight, you know, sometimes in my head. Oh. Yeah. It's again, how do we, because I feel like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of the times people don't come to that conclusion until it's shit hits late. the fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, so does it, do you think it helps talking about it so that again, we can try and catch people before they go down that dark hole? Well, I either think by maybe people sharing their stories, um, you know, like, I mean, I've, I've, I'm pretty open and I I'll, I'll talk about it because I want to help people. Um, maybe help make people make mistakes that, you know, they can avoid. Um, I think that, I don't even know what I was talking about. I just lost track of what I was saying. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, can no, you remind uh, me? <laughs> talking, talking about, um, your experiences and eating disorders oh, in the we? hopes that it helps. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause I feel like it's one of those things that. Um, you know, a lot of people like that won't happen to me or, but look, you know, like you said, the exact same thing that happened to you, it, it worked for the, for two performances, it worked, but then you went down this dark, dark hole of injuries and, and I dealt with it this year. Issues. I dealt with it this year. Really? Again. And it's not yeah. like it was me. I wanted to get leaner because I thought, you know, I need that extra 1% that I need to be a better athlete. I felt like, oh, what if I just get a little bit leaner or, you know, and then it got me injured and like mm -hmm. everything was great for two months. And then right before like an Ironman, I broke down and couldn't even finish. And yeah. maybe by sharing it, people will think twice before what they do. Or, I mean, I think that they'll have to learn the hard way. I mean, mm -hmm. I have learned, I mean... I'm learning still because it's, mm. it's just a process, but muscle and body fat, are, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> we want to yeah. be healthy. Yeah. We don't need to be, 
you triathlon's great also because there's so many different body types. It doesn't matter yeah. what you look like, I don't think. Yeah. You can be strong and be really fast. You don't have yeah. to be wafer thin. Yeah. Uh, how I don't even know if you can answer this and I don't even know if there is an answer, but people in your camp, so your team, mates, family and everything, when they when they hear you talking um, or getting leaner or, you know, just I guess some – what am I trying to say? I, I hear friends of mine, athletes, uh, talking about their body, that they're too big, they're overweight, um, they just need to, you know. And I'm guilty, guilty of it myself. Do it. I, absolutely. But how would you like someone to respond to that? Because we know what the answer is for you and that is not to try and – drop too much weight so you said that's the answer but how do people help you come to that conclusion before you start going down that slippery slope again well I have with my friends I kind of made it known um you know a lot of my friends are athletes like let's not talk about weight when you're around me just because I'm sensitive to it and I know the people that talk to me about it are also sensitive so I'm like let's just not let's focus on performance and training and not looks. I don't want to hear like, it's, it's just such a fine line. And you know what? I don't, I think Mm. social media is really bad for this because what's online is just not real life. And Mm. people just, Oh, just, it's not good. We, we want to look like how people look on Instagram and it's just, it's just not real. Actually, that's interesting you bring that up um, because when I remember when you lost your Instagram account <laughs> and had to start a new one, you, you took the piss and it was almost like you were trying to prove a point and you, I thought it was genius and you did prove a very good point. Yep, butt shot um, sell. Yeah, Kelsey lost her Instagram, had to start a new account and, and purposely posted a butt shot but saying... I was wearing a swimsuit. What, wearing a swimsuit. Yeah. <laughs> Not a full nude. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you called you you basically called everyone out saying this gets the likes. Let's see. And it did. It was like my most liked post. <laughs> how, how do you like it's uh yeah, we've got to as a society change a lot of things. Yeah, well, that's I I mean, I don't ever remember it being that bad until Facebook and Instagram. Mainly Instagram. Yeah. It's terrible. Mm. But I am not the butt shot kind of person. I <laughs> no, I stay away from that. But I was I, trying to prove yeah. a point. <laughs> yeah, and you did it well. And I love your sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> At least some people got it. Uh, <laughs> I, I got yeah, so I many comments it. from like people I know. Be like Kelsey, really Kelsey? I'm like, it's a joke. I'm trying yeah. to make a point here. But also. This is another problem with Instagram is people not reading captions. If you oh. haven't read the caption, it, it like to me it was so obvious that you were taking the piss out of the platform <laughs> and society. Like, it was very obvious. Thank you. <laughs> Idiots. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so, and I guess you kind of alluded to this earlier, but what, what is your relationship with food right now? Oh, I love all the food. Okay, here's a here's something interesting. So for like the last six years, I, you know how I decided I kind of wanted to 
try and go all in. I didn't, I didn't drink much. Um, I barely had any dessert, any sugar, anything. And then, so when I got out of this personal relationship and coaching relationship with my ex, I don't, I, when, so I went to Utah, like right after for the month, I had dessert every night and maybe some alcoholic beverages, not every night, but my training has never been better. Like the dessert. And I talked to my, my coach now, Cam, and he's like, keep the dessert. Like it's calories and it's glycogen and I've been crushing workouts. So I'm not going to change, you know, <laughs> yep. I, I'm okay with food. I, I realize the importance of it. Yeah. Well, that's good. And, and like you say, obviously you still need to manage that relationship, but it sounds like you're definitely still, still learning and getting, getting yep. better. Yep. It's, yep. uh, oh, it's a work in progress always. <laughs> yeah. How, how old are you? Um, 38. So I see as a po- how cool is it that you can be thirty eight and you're still learning about yourself? I, like I, I think that's that's a cool, great thing. right? Yeah, it is cool. That's I why at, I like it, this so much. The sport. I mean, I mm. or it's it's not even the sport. It's just life. Yeah, it's it's never. That's what's it, that's part of the reason why I like triathlon so much. Is it's just you never stop learning. Yeah, definitely. I look at Frankie every day and I just think, imagine imagine having the opportunity to learn new things every day or new experiences every day. Um, you know, and as you get older, it, you it, know, that, that window gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So we've got to embrace <laughs> that. Yeah. Embrace it. The yeah. learnings and the curiosity and, yeah. It tends to go away when we get older. Yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> curiosity forever i say um this is this is a tangent but i just happened to watch it yesterday um neil neil degrassi the scientist Uh neil degrassi is that him yeah i just watched this little four minute bit where he's talking about um that and sorry this is such a tangent but i found it really interesting um you shouldn't squash children's curiosity. He said he was watching this mother and son walking through the park and there was this massive puddle and uh, he just thought to himself, please let the kid jump in the puddle and uh, the mum dragged him around and the kid just wanted to jump in this damn puddle. Let and the kid jump in the puddle. It, totally. And I I mean, I've got – I. The only reason I'd stop Frankie is so I can go back and get my camera so I can get it. She's jumped um, in the puddles. I've seen it. All of the puddles. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, it like, it's fun, right? Yeah. But also the learnings from that, and this is what I found quite fascinating with, with Neil deGrasse. He was just like, he, they're learning without knowing cause and effect and all the other things that I don't know the proper terms to, but like kids, I don't know. kids. It's the- yes, because one day they won't be, and yeah. it's so. It's special just- time when they're young. They remember yeah. so much, and their brains are so big, and they can take so much information in, and that shrinks when you get older. I, yes. I have like a ten second, um, see attention span. Like I'll hear something and then forget it ten seconds later. <laughs> Hi, Kelsey. You're on the Wits Up podcast. You're currently speaking with Steph Hansen. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, 
how many times have we recorded how many times have we recorded this again (laughs) this is um oh i now realize what the the name of your episode is going to be called groundhog day oh (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god and you're gonna love this my phone is dying what am i gonna do Uh, let's just play it by ear and see how it goes. My camera's okay. dying. The light's okay, about well, to die. I have about 18% left in my phone from a oh, full battery. Good. Okay, good. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I, want, I want to go back to uh, your parents. Okay. Um, are they, they're still together? Yeah, they're still together. It's quite unique. I know. I mean, they fight a lot, but they're still together. <laughs> <laughs> they hate each other, but yeah, they're yeah. still the same. But they're to- they tolerate <laughs> each other. <laughs> um, obviously, they must have played a big a big role in your life, particularly throughout your sporting career. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they believe in me. They've always believed in me from a young age. Good parents. They and when you say young age, what? What kind of things did you subject them to? I assume they were up at 4 a.m. getting into the pool, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, from a very young age, maybe six or eight, you know, my dream was the Olympics and Mm. for swimming. And they got up early and took me to swimming until they, until well, until they could find someone to carpool with me and take me. (laughs) But but yeah, they. The good thing with my parents is, I mean we've only kind of covered part of my whole career and there's been, there's a lot more to it, but they've always believed in me and they never once told me that I couldn't do it. You know, I've had so many setbacks with it that any, a lot of other people are like, Kelsey, what are you doing? Like, stop, get a real job. Like, what are you doing? But they, they knew that, you know, this is important to me and they believe in me and they're good parents for that. What what do you think it was about you? Because you know, age six to eight, when you're saying I want to be an Olympian, my you work know, ethic. You also... Okay, great answer. They they saw the work ethic. Mm-hmm. They, right. I mean, I the thing with swimming was is I tried so hard, but I just didn't have the talent to be a great great mm. swimmer. I mean, I was a good swimmer, but not like an Olympic trials, not even Olympic trial swimmer. But I the effort I put into it was a lot but so when I found triathlon I was already I mean I had the swimming and I you know I grew up running as well so I had these two and I just basically had to learn to ride a bicycle which was actually kind of hard Um, (laughs) but um, when and then I had other people telling me hey like Kelsey you could go to the Olympics like Olympic team coaches told me that that I had the potential and so when all this stuff was happening it's just like oh holy crap. And then my parents, you know, the real, the real problems I had were, you know, when I was at the training center and Mm -hmm. even after that, like all the setbacks I've had, um, and they stuck with me through all of it. Yeah. Where do you think the work ethic came from? I don't know. Me, something inside Mm. of here that just, I wish I would have had that work ethic in school, but it, it all went to sports. I mean, yeah. f- since I was young, sports were my thing. So. Yeah. So you you weren't a good student. No. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say that. I. 
I had some moments where I I got in trouble a lot for probably talking too much. Um, but I don't know what that's like. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, my focus was swimming, and I got you know sometimes I I was on like the honor society, but then you know through college and stuff, it was just kind of get by. Yeah, tick the box. Yeah, just get it done. <laughs> so were you the uh, because I, I mean I'm, we're probably quite similar. I uh, I was just bored. In, in class because I wasn't mm-hmm. interested and I was interested in sports. So yeah. PE out the door, you know, uh, we used to fight over the cricket. I wanted to be wicket keeper in lunchtime cricket. So yep. I used to fight all the boys for the wicket keeper gloves. Um, yep. That's exactly you know, what that's, that. I don't know what that is, but it sounds yeah, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do cricket here. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when it came to classes, uh, there are a few subjects that I was def- definitely good at, but the rest, I was just bored. I just, it, it didn't mess with me. So then I would be cheeky and that's when I would get into trouble because yep. I'd be talking <laughs> or throwing chalk. You sound like me. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's probably very similar. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't because of a lack of work ethic because I've always had quite a strong work ethic. I think you it's just, just had not focus what... in other areas. <laughs> Yeah, um, and clearly... You weren't passionate about it as much. Yeah, and it's the same with Wits Up. It's a passion that's driven me. It's the same with you with triathlon or in the beginning swimming. Mm-hmm. It's it's a passion and that's what drives you. It's not the, it's not the other stuff, um, which I think... I mean, I'd always choose to be that person over the other one that, you know that chases money or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's no disrespect to anyone. That's just how yep. I operate. Yep. Um, but it's interesting that you can trace it back all the way back to when you're six, yeah. eight. Um, and if you that's ask crazy. your parents, probably earlier, like you were probably, there was things that drove you when you were younger. They told me, my, we were talking about this not that long ago. And my, my mom said that I used to, after swim lessons, like I was really young, I would go up in the stands and watch the swim team and yeah. just be like, I want to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I'm like four. And so like, I just, something clicked with me, I guess, at a young age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember who your idols were when you were growing up? Yeah. I really liked Gary Hall Jr. and Summer Sanders and Janet Evans. Okay. I've heard of Gary Hall. That's it. What? Not Janet no. Evans? No. What? Do you Tell even me. swim? You probably don't swim. No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's like really. T- she was. She had so many world records in swimming, like long distance. You need to Google her after this. I'm sure you know who it is. Um, I probably do. But yeah, yeah, I mean, she she's a legend. So, all re- all yeah. really good swimmers. So. See, I grew up in Tassie where swimming wasn't a massive thing. I reckon if I grew up, grew up in Queensland, it'd be different because <laughs> yeah, Tassie's quite cold. Uh, but I mean, oh, Janet Evans is God. <laughs> I didn't even know what triathlon was until I moved from Tasmania okay. to Melbourne. So yeah, 
Um, I'm using Your that excuse. as my excuse. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Small town, no idea. Oh, gosh. Um, so you alluded to some other sporting ventures that we obviously haven't touched on. Oh, but gosh. your parents supported you in? Yes, what, softball, what were you, what were you basketball. I, yeah, remember? We talked about oh, yes, this, but no one... We <laughs> did. In the first first podcast recording that never made it. <laughs> yeah, uh, softball. And, and you were a catcher. I, I did some catching and I yep. did other positions. I don't even like... I don't even remember the positions anymore. It's been so long. But I played for quite a, quite a long time, actually. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm not good. It wasn't any good. <laughs> ball you, sports no yeah triathletes they're yeah, uh, notorious for not <laughs> it's bad. oh this is it's all coming back to me now because yeah. in our first podcast we talked about seattle didn't we yeah we did seattle seattle it's where you grew up yep grew up in seattle well right outside of seattle yeah seattle mariners the baseball the team <laughs> and the love of our life Say it with Ken me. Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I remember now. <laughs> yeah, so he's a handsome man. Yeah. I don't even but, know what he's doing now, but Yeah, no. But he was he was yeah, my idol because when I was a softballer, he he was big time. He was amazing. Yeah, he was yep. incredible. One of the best that the sports scene, that's for sure. I agree. <laughs> And then uh, the other thing I remember about Seattle, uh, what we talked about was Grey's Anatomy because I just know that that's filmed. Patrick and Dempsey, set. yep, that's right. Patrick Dr. Dempsey, Dr. McDreamy, yep, <laughs> who is a keen cyclist, yep, and my best friend all... knows him. <laughs> so they rode together, but yep. you weren't there, and I was not there. It's very unfortunate. Yeah, you need to sort that out. Oh, I know. One day, one it day, uh, yeah, I'd like to see you on a uh, bike ride with McDreamy. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> You're single now, so, well, but he's not. So yeah, anyway. that might be a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard, Ru- no. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so I want, I, I'm going around in circles here, but softball, what were the other ones that you said? Uh, basketball mm. wasn't any good at that. Um, I ran, I was pretty good at that and yeah. swam. I don't know if I did anything else. I think those are the, oh, and I did gymnastics for a little bit, but definitely not good at that. <laughs> I, yeah. I, gymnastics for me was the, is it the vault? I think ones where you jumped off stuff and. Have you ever tried yeah. to do like a cartwheel older in life? Like I even threw a baseball and it hurt my arm. I was sore. Like I, yeah, yeah it just enjoy, do all the sports when you're a kid, you know, totally just get it out of the way. Cause it yeah. can't do it when you're older. <laughs> <laughs> we were at the beach the other day throwing the, the gridiron uh, for <laughs> whatever reason, which is not very Australian, but I was having so much fun and I pulled up so rough. So sore. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But it was totally worth it. Diving oh, on the beach. Man. Uh, Um, I I wanted to ask, uh, which is why I wanted to go back to the team sports, um, because I, I miss team sports in that I just, I loved being a part of a team. Do you, yeah. Do you miss that? Well, here's the thing. I don't miss it really because now I kind of feel like I'm on a team sport only because of the group of athletes I'm with. Like, 
you know, I'm doing that uh, weekly Zwift racing that's happening right now, mm-hmm. like the Z Pro Tri-Series. And, you know, I have like a mess group message with some of my teammates and we're all just, you know, talking about it, strategy. It's just fun to be a part of it. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. You can't really <laughs> strategize though in a triathlon quite like that, can you? No, not really. Not, no, definitely not. <laughs> not legally anyway. But at least there's like, there's some technical stuff you can do with the Zwift racing. There's some tactics. It definitely. Oh gosh, it's so much harder than just a, it was a computer oh. game as well, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. everything. There's so much to yeah. learn about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very conscious that your phone's about to die. I know uh, it. I'm just waiting to for if it. Yeah, let me look. Just technical. <laughs> There's probably like five percent left. Yeah, so we might start wrapping it up so <laughs> that we don't we don't screw this up. But before we do, I'd love to find out, uh, obviously it's been a rough year for professional triathletes in terms of racing, but like you say, you've been doing some of the Zwift Z Pro mm-hmm. Tri-Series, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you were at Challenge Daytona. What wasn't, wasn't your best outing? Oh, no. I, I was going through <laughs> a lot of personal stuff um, then, but now I'm, I feel like I'm in a much better yeah. place and I'm I'm definitely seeing the gains from my, you know, from my new coach, but you know, I gave him credit and he's like, no, it's actually, you're putting in the hard work. That's what happens when you put in the hard work. And I felt like I've always put in the hard work, but just my attitude and my mental state is different. And it's an amazing what you can do when, you know, you're happy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so what's, what is next for you? What do you, what do you got planned? So two more weeks of the Z pro try racing. And then I head to do challenge Miami and that is March 12th. So Excellent. that will be exciting. It'll be like another Daytona. Hopefully I'll do Real a lot life better. racing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, going to the race happier, probably healthier as well, because that just coincides with being happier. Um, Kelsey, Thank you. Let's just let's just give ourselves a little pat on the back because we got through a podcast. We deserve it. We deserve it. And just oh. just make sure to. Oh no, ten percent battery. I, oh, it's ten percent. Okay. All right. Oh gosh. Oh, we're not. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jinx us. It's my phone is shutting down. Legit shutting down right now. Okay, we're gonna say goodbye. Um, okay. Kelsey. Thank you so much for your patience uh, and for sharing um, a pretty rough story as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, if anyone's hearing this and is having trouble and they need someone to talk to, I'll be here for you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steph. Thanks for tuning in. Hit subscribe, give us a rating, leave a comment. And don't forget, if you're not already a Wits Up Patreon member, sign up in the link in the description. But above all else, keep yourselves knee deep in awesomeness. (laughs) Woo!